0: All right. You must have passed your luck check because it. The No Class Podcast. With your internet pals, Eddie
1: and Matt.
0: So we've held back on the podcast a bit here, so we've come up with something really cool for our 25th show. It's Mr. Dark Trails, the Bacon Wizard, the Cat Daddy. Matt, put a little bit more sauce on that.
1: Roadworthy (laughs) Judge David Beatty of Stiff Whiskers Press. Author of or contributor to *Escape from Yule Mountain*, *Carnival of the Damned*, *Mutant Crawl Classics*, *American Survival Guide*, *Mind Games*, *Shambling Undead*, *The Gong Farmer's Almanac*, and again, of course, *Dark Trails*, the wildly successful Kickstarter game. David Beatty, say hi to the folks, David.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, man that that intro was uh, it was pretty heavy. It kind of makes me feel like I'm somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we left out your poet probably your most important accolade of all. What's that? Special guest long con 2019.
2: Oh yeah. Well, you yeah. know, you guys popped my cherry on that. I was, uh, that was my first uh, con appearance as a guest. And let me just say, if, if you guys ever get the invite, uh, you need to take it because these guys do it up, right?
0: Well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, you kind of get that we do our plugs right up at the front now, so we've already promoted us. Is there anything you'd like to promote?
2: Uh, Well, you know, with the, the COVID madness, uh <laughs> seems like a lot of things are being canceled here. I don't know if you guys are uh, – are you guys going to do your – I know the, the one that just recently come up, you guys canceled that, I guess, right? Oh, April's
0: day. Yeah, it would line. have been last weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that was a sad time. And you got another one coming up in the fall, is that right?
0: Yeah, November. So
2: hopefully that'll work out for us. That's our yeah. tradition yeah.
1: Long Con. So
2: keep uh, keep dodging cooties. But as far as uh, as far as me, um, I'm definitely scheduled to go to um, Gen Con, and I think I'm probably going to try and do uh, Game Hall just because uh, Gary Con was canceled, but. In all honesty, I've tried to kind of batten down the hatches and just uh, keep the nose to the grindstone with uh, dark trails because it's just so much going on and and there's, it's a I'm telling you it could probably be a full time job for at least three or four months. But doing that along with trying to you know play fireman every third day and go squirt water, it's uh, some days it can be a, a bit of a task.
1: Yeah, I'll bet you're uh, busy enough, uh uh. One-legged man in a kicking contest. Yeah, with your your regular gig and uh, all the work on Dark Trails.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, you know, it's a lot. I, I guess when you when you write a few things here and there, you, you don't really understand the uh, the complexity that goes into being a publisher and wrangling additional writers and artists, and then uh, there's just, there's just so many things that go along with it. But you know, luckily I've got a lot of great. Uh, folks in the community that are helping Reed Filippo and steve newton uh joseph goodman there's just a there's no shortage of people in the dcc community that you know will just reach out at the drop of a dime to give you some advice so i would probably say if it hadn't been for these guys uh i don't even know if the kickstarter would have actually launched so it's uh it takes a a lot out of you but you know the good thing is is you know you've got some some mentors there that are just an arms reach away.
1: Well, that's awesome to have that as an asset and a help. I mean, thank goodness. So, sounds like you've got you know, people propping you up and helping you out. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely helped out a lot. And uh, of course, you know, having uh gill and matt on the, the team with layout editing is good too we've just uh turned in a huge chunk the is complete uh with the book now and uh it's going to be plugged into layout and i've gone about uh trying to figure out which pieces you know get art and who's going to do those so uh i spent probably most of the day yesterday doing that and it's funny because you think oh well i've got you know an entire day to uh to spend some time writing today and then by the time you order some swag and then you, you get taken care of all the uh, this bestiary stuff and getting everything assigned out, it's like been eight, eight hours just blown by and you're like, shit, to do yeah, And then oh, somebody but-
1: begs you to do a podcast. Yeah, Daddy beat the yeah. to it. you again for I know how busy you are. I appreciate you putting aside some of your vital time for us, man.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I know we were supposed to do this a couple of months ago, maybe.
1: Well, we talked about it at the con, but it it got so crazy at the con. So
2: crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's almost kind of good in a way because I think, uh, like I said, there's been a lot more progress. And um, just recently, Michael Curtis turned in his stretch goal adventure, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's like a – I'm going to tell you, Michael Curtis should be writing some DCC horror because – <laughs> It's almost like they kept him in a shack for two months, and uh, he stored up all his (laughs) nightmares and just spewed it all out, this adventure, because it is – I think everybody's going to really love it.
1: Well, no, he's good good at, like, the dark stuff. Um, At last year's NTRPG, I ran an MCC mod, he wrote, that you're thinking, all right, it's post-apocalyptic, but no, it's really got this horror element that – me playing into it and I had some theme music going uh, in the room and oh yeah I mean it 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 had them on the edge of their seats it had a real creep factor that kind of it's subtle and it builds you know oh it was great he's we know
2: Joseph you know he's got the I guess the DCC horror category and for some reason Stephen Newton's been hogging all that so it's just I, I, one of the things I commented when I read the adventure was, man, you need to be doing some of these Halloween adventures. And he said, Joseph, will let me do it. He's like, I want to do it. He's like, but he won't let me on those projects. So oh, I guess he's saving Curtis for, you know, the, the heavy hitters that, that are coming out for DCC, but it was just kind of funny because I was like, man, you, you kind of demented, uh, Michael, and he's kind of laughed, but, uh, he's, uh, he come through and, uh, We've got the other guys, uh, Bob Brinkman, who's doing one. He's he says he's pretty close to completion. So everything's kind of coming together on the stretch goals. I hope everything will kind of drop at about the same time. the The book's ready to go to the printer, so we can just knock it all out. Cool.
1: Hmm. So all I know. All right. Well, it seems like. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I know that, like, you're, you're super busy, like, between work and, and the book, but, you know, being an, a, a long-time gamer, have you found any chance to, to gain to blow off the steam?
2: Um, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm not a big online gamer type, but, you know, with everything that's been going on with COVID, um, I went ahead and kind of – I didn't do it in time to actually run anything for the Cyclops Con, but um, tonight I'll be running my second session uh, – on roll 20 and I'm trying to get it to where I guess I feel comfortable enough to do some uh, dark trails with it. But I do like the fact that uh, roll 20 has got like cards. So, you know, for anyone who's played dark trails, I know there's a gun deck and uh, I think there's also some things that you can do for tokens, but um, for Benny's and uh, Benny's listen to me <laughs> for uh boons and hexes. I was in Savage Worlds for a second there. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, as an old grognard like I am, you know, I think it's just a – there's an adjustment getting used to it. But I think once you kind of figure your way around it, and God, I've probably watched hours of tutorials on it on uh, uh, YouTube. But I think it's definitely something viable. And, and I like the idea of, like, you know, so like hooking up with you guys one evening and, and running some stuff. That's that's definitely an element to it that I think is, uh, is something that will appeal to a lot of people because – You know, sometimes you can't get your home groups together by the table. And and, uh, that pushes you into the online, I guess, uh, doing the online thing. But then you think about it and you've got, you know, all your buddies that you only get to see at the cons a few times a year. You know, who's to stop you from getting together with those guys for an impromptu session sometimes?
1: Yeah. But you're definitely pitching to the choir as far as the kind of the big adjustment to online gaming
2: yeah it's uh i mean it it definitely has its short its shortcomings but i think that it also has some some pluses as well so I, you know I, I i tried that first session and it went and it was a funnel and because uh, i figured what I would do is just run dcc for my home group since we can't get together uh, a couple times a month and and I was kind of like yeah a little about this but they're like man this was a lot of fun so I actually put a little more work into it. I got my little tokens together and my little audio files. So I'm going to try and, you know, be a, be a DJ tonight on roll 20. Awesome.
1: Eddie.
0: Oh, well, thank you, sir. (laughs) Uh, We know you're no stranger to the uh, world of podcasts here. I've been listening to the, some of the old uh, sanctum episodes
2: yeah um I, I always joke that i was just the uh, proverbial wookie in that group because those guys are way smarter than i am so they they have these intellectual conversations about these books and i'm kind of like the you know the, the comedic element that just <laughs> <laughs> kind of points says what's that and laughs and uh they got mark brunner doing that now and he's he's much better suited to be uh uh have those types of conversations because i like picture books and pop-ups and stuff like that
0: well since you've had to make the rounds lately uh is there one question that you've got completely tired of that you don't want to get asked anymore
2: <laughs> uh you know that's a that's actually a good question in and of itself but um Thanks, I haven't done a, a, a podcast in several months, so I've kind of forgot because I've taken one too many blows to the head growing up. Um, <laughs> Short term memory, so maybe that serves me well in this. Uh, so I wouldn't say that there are any questions that that bother me. So if you got anything you want to ask, you you just fire away, Eddie.
1: All right, we got some good ones, I think. Oh Lord. <laughs> anyway, but no, seriously, this is just my personal opinion, but in my limited experience. You're one of the rare authors that actually run a great game. Um, and we had the privilege of playing with you at NTRPG. I have a couple of different times and, and Eddie as well. And uh, uh, so, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I mean, like, there's some people that are very talented at making material that's just mind blowing. But then I've played games with them and you go, yeah okay you know they can write an amazing model they can't necessarily run a great game you know i mean they run an adequate game you know but we just yeah, want to no. let you you're talking about brendan right huh <laughs> you're talking about brendan right <laughs> I, you know what? Now, I was, I was going to try not to dominate the damn podcast but i, I will interject it's, it's kind of a hell of a note we run a con and you'd figure boy that must be nice and no it's like i didn't get to play with you or brendan at you know the damn con and I was kind of buttered. I'm like, well what's the damn point of me running a con if I don't even get to play with our special <laughs> guests, you know? But these are the, the sacrifices. Yeah this is all for make. us to get Bennies. Huh? This is all for us to get Benny's. Yeah, but I was gonna say uh, uh these are the sacrifices we make for the people we do the con for. it's all for you. Yeah.
2: But anyway. Well that's but we did
0: get to play at uh N T R P G which was really great game. Oh
2: yeah, that was a great game. Was that the London slaughterhouse with a guy with a pig head running through the streets? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, and that's the first time I've been scared in a game in a long <laughs> time. So I give you the props. We were, we were an we old, jaded guy like we me were get scared in a game.
2: <laughs> that was a good session, but uh, you guys are great players. So don't say yourself short because a lot of times you get the you get a group and you know they're they're digging into their Facebook feeds and they're they're kind of you know, they're half there, half in, half out. They'll come back in to roll dice and then they'll tip back out and go check something out. But, um, you know, when you've got a good group that, that, you know, keeps the phone checks to a minimum and really kind of, I guess, adds a, a little bit to the session. That's, that's huge, man. Cause I've had some, I've had some humdingers at, at some of the cons I've gone through, uh, through the years and, it's uh it's a test, you know. I, I I say as the older I get the my patience kind of grows thinner and thinner and thinner. So I fully expect one day at some kind I'll probably just have a, a meltdown and go into a field position <laughs> and start crying.
0: Well, I was gonna say specifically in that game you ran for us, there was a little kid that was a little disinterested, but you did a fantastic job of keeping him engaged. You, you drew that kid in. Actually that was the Moors, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. It was who? The Moors. Grady and oh. Ryan, I think. Yeah, Grady. And, that's right. That's Grady? Right. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, great. they're to... great, great, great
1: guys. And their kids. Yeah, the yeah.
2: Yeah, no, he, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. The only time that kid lights up is when he blows his own dad's head off in game. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: well, <I'm, laughs> what child wouldn't live for that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, that, uh, that, that's true. I mean, that's happened, I think, twice, if I'm not mistaken, because Grady and uh, his boy, they always get into the games when they can. So, uh, yeah, those are a great group of guys. You, you guys, I'm going to have to move yep. to Texas, I think. Once I get out of the fire industry, I'm going to have to move to Texas.
1: Hell, yeah, God's country, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure they'll show up to every one of our cons as long as you're there. So Exactly. I think, well,
1: that's, I think that, that's how we got them was because we had David, you
2: know. Yep. Do you guys have tornadoes there? Oh, God, yeah. No, never. Uh, Shut up, Well, you know, I thought one good thing about Greenville, South Carolina, is I'm 50 years old, and I was born and raised here. You Mm. know, never had to deal with a tornado, but the other night we had a tornado rip through my fire district. I was off-duty, thankfully, because they ran like 48 calls and I think, four hours. But, you know, I was sitting on the third floor of my apartment, and I'm like, where the hell am I going to go on the third floor of my apartment? So I just got an order. I just got to order a chicken wing, so I just ate my chicken wings. And the power went out, and I was like, "Well, hell, I guess if I bite it, I bite it," you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. But if I'm getting tornadoes here, I might as well move to Texas. There you
1: go. But God bless y'all. I hope there wasn't, you know, too much damage or loss of life. I hope.
2: No, no. Actually, it could have. It could have went a lot worse. Nobody, uh, as far as I know, nobody got hurt. It was just a lot of trees uh, fell, Mm -hmm. and it's just weird, man. It was probably. I bet you it was less than a half a mile away from my apartment, and it uh, just hit the boulevard and ran up. I think it was window shopping.
0: Yeah, wow! fall barely tornado.
2: You know what they call that, Eddie? That's clean living. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: Somebody likely. was looking out for us.
0: Well, all right, speaking of running games, you're kind of the uh, music and prop master, and you were talking about uh, doing a little DJing tonight. Uh, What are some cool examples that you could give us of uh, props that GMs at home can make without too much uh, mess, fuss?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, props-wise, you know, that's something that's new with the uh – with the online thing, but I can tell you that I don't know if you guys use Spotify or not, but that's like my main go-to for, for audio streaming. And one of the things roll 20 has done is, uh, um, I think they got rid of SoundCloud, So you, you don't have as much access to things as uh, you used to with music. So that's been kind of a, a hard thing for me. It's just to try and find a way to interject some sound effects and some background music without, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a, an app that you can use called watch together, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a, it's a long way to work around it, but you can uh, actually make a playlist on YouTube and then link up on that. on watch together so that, uh, everybody's kind of on the same, uh, basically you're playing music and everybody could hear that. Um, but as far as the props, man, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to, to get the, uh, uh I guess the online thing going. So I'll have to get back to you on that now with the, at the table, you know, that's something that the, the, the props are things that that's a rare, it's kind of rare that I'll go through the, the, the efforts, especially these days. when I've got so much going on, but, um, that was, uh, you're probably pulling from sanctum on that. Are they still doing that on sanctum where they have the props? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that stuff was really cool, but I'm um, gonna be honest with you. I don't use a whole lot of props in my games. <laughs> when you look at Dark Trails, you got uh, hexes and boons, and you got gun decks, and you know oh, if yeah. I threw some props out there, you you wouldn't be able to see me. I'd be covered up <laughs> on the tables. So.
0: Well, sometimes I think, it, it but I would say
2: this. Too, yeah, it's, you just uh, have two, and again, the box. It depends on the group you know i mean it really does but uh you can go on uh spotify and man there's so many like like the good the bad and the ugly there's so many soundtracks on there so that's always a go-to when i run dark trails i'll i'll throw that up here at home but you know you can't um i haven't found a way yet to use spotify um in a game so and that kind of sucks because you know i'm paying i guess 10 bucks a month or whatever for that so i don't know if you guys Maybe you guys have a solution to that, or maybe you use a different kind of service or method for it.
1: Um, Here in, like, the game room, I've got a a Bose thing that I can stream music from my phone to the Bose. And so I can queue up a playlist from my phone and set it for, what do you, a, a Bluetooth or whatever, and I can stream it over to my little... Uh, Bose player or whatever, so that's one thing,
2: okay. But you guys, I'm guessing as far as the online gaming, you're you're kind of like me, you're just getting your feet a little wet in it. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that we've got a buddy of ours younger, uh, that you know, that's like, oh hey, let's do it, let's do it. And I'm, I'm almost there, but I don't think Eddie's quite there yet.
0: Well, I ran one for uh <laughs> Cyclops con, but that's true, he it just doesn't give you the same sitting around the table, but I'm gaming,
2: yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that's something you're going to get. I mean, there may be some other elements of it that are, you know, that make it uh, worth the effort, but you're you're definitely, it's not the same as sitting at the table and, you know, laughing and, and gaming the way it is online. Cause it online is kind of like this, you know, where you got a long pause because one of us doesn't uh-huh. know who's going to talk next. You know, it's the same kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, but I mean, it, it's definitely, I, I like the idea of like saying, hey, you know, call up the long con guys and let's let's do a session i mean that's something that you know i never thought about before actually trying to get in on the platform so you know that could be something that happens down the road
0: yeah i would think it would be really good for play testing too
2: definitely i know michael curtis he uh i know michael has a you know i think he wears a hearing aid. he has some hearing issues but i noticed lately he's he's actually ran a few sessions online so you know if he's getting into it then um, there's definitely something to be said about it. And I,
1: I seem to remember Brendan saying something along the lines of, like, he'll get an idea for something, want to play test it, he'll just jump online, and even if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, there's people in Germany or something that'll join his games that, you know, know English well enough. <laughs> something like, it seemed like he told us something like, I could be making this up, I don't know.
2: I could see Brendan LaSalle running a game uh, with an online table of people who don't even know how to speak English and still pulling it off. I mean,
0: he, <laughs> What's nice is you just can just uh, snap your fingers and a table appears for you. Yeah.
2: I'm going to run a game,
0: and it's full.
2: Yeah, yeah. Those those DCC celebrities, are kind of snobbish, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I, we're kind of jumping around, so I know that, like you said, uh, you've you're, you've had great success with your with your Kickstarter that's still underway. Uh, but you know, to make ends meet, you're a, you're a firefighter. I might, as we've I think mentioned in the podcast, how long have you been a firefighter,
2: Dave? Uh, started when I was nineteen, so I think it's maybe 31, 32 years. I believe wow. I'll be fifty one this month. So, oh wow!
1: Well, and, well, I'll just add in this birthday.
0: is a podcast of heroes now.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, good
2: thing. Yeah, let's think let's about not it. Spread you should be saluting. Okay?
1: Salute this podcast.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, you got a nurse. Thank you for your service. Oh, you, hey, you work. work lines. It.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we got a nurse, a firefighter, and a soldier. So, you know, yeah.
2: Sounds huh. like a survival of a post-apocalyptic group for RPG.
0: Yeah, that's there what we're rolling up.
2: <laughs> I actually got to play a firefighter in, uh, at uh, Long Con. I think it was uh, – yeah. I can't remember the gentleman's name that ran the the, the riffs game. Was it with was Sean? Yeah, over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was Sean. He's a nice guy, but really of course nice I picked guy. the firefighter. And I figured if that's one character I could probably play.
1: Yeah, I was laughing because I think a number of people commented on that you seem tickled to get to, after all these years, play a firefighter in a game.
2: Yeah, it was kind of fun. Uh, You know, I'd like to think that I built my entire career up for that moment.
1: (laughs) 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 Mr. Eddie? All right. So,
0: usually we like to ask people how they got into the fantasy thing in general. But I guess you've been playing since you were playing D&D, since you were a little kid.
2: Yeah, I think I started around eight years old. Uh, we moved into a, uh, a new house when I was just a wee lad, and uh, there was a, a kid in the, the neighborhood. He was probably about three three years older than me, and uh, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Um, yeah. But we had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I just i don't ever remember not having a – you know, we went from D&D to – uh gamma world we did a lot of gamma world and then marvel superheroes and and then i got all emo and played vampire masquerade oh, yeah. for a while and, <laughs>
1: yeah and then
2: i stopped cutting and wearing trench coats and uh <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't say that i, I was never a cutter. i did wear a trench coat that was pre-columbine though yeah um, the mafia <laughs> but uh you know i went from uh, world of darkness and then went back to uh D. so yeah i mean I've, I've always uh i did get to a point though i think when three three 3.0 D came out i just it was so crunchy and i was running a game the way i normally run games and players were just doing off the wall shit legally you know it was like i'm like my poor monsters you know what are you guys trying to do here yes you know, so they were metagaming and and that kind of turned me off so um, and that was before I think the old school, you know, kind of came yeah. back into the, boat. into the fold. So I think I might've kind of taken a, a little bit of time off from it from there, but eventually, uh, got back at it. We even did some, uh, Warhammer fantasy for a while and, uh, Star Wars D six, you know, West end, that seems to be everybody's favorites. So yeah, I've always been gaming, man. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just in my blood, just like it's in you, you know, uh, I'm sure it's in your blood as well.
1: Oh yeah. Um I I've, I've always been a gamer. I mean, whether it was board games or role playing games or, or video games, you know, i that's a big part of my life always has been.
0: Yeah, but I guess yeah. kind of for the Southerners, I came into it later and I can just imagine if I'd had the books back in the day, those would have went into the fire or something immediately. <laughs> that devil game. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: Well I had buddies unfortunately that went through that growing up like yeah. in high school with a, um one particular really good friend like his he would go through phases where he'd say I can't play anymore and then a month or two he'd start he'd show up and he'd start throwing dice again but yeah his parents would confiscate his stuff my mom never did she really encouraged me to be a luciferian and uh, do a <laughs> lot of ritual sacrifices. <laughs>
1: My parents just didn't care. Like whatever, as long as you're not annoying us, go away. You
2: know, well, yeah, I mean, as long as you're not doing drugs yeah. and you're at least making decent grades. I mean, I was a C D student in school, but you know, I was having more. I was more interested in having fun in high school. I was always getting into mischievous trouble, but yeah. I had a I had a great mom. You know, she uh she she kind of let me roam. You know, she let me do my thing, and that's one thing I can can definitely uh, thank her for. You
1: know, we might be the last generation of like just latch key, you know, wander around, do your own thing, you know, generation. Yeah. Be home by supper.
2: Yeah, that's true. These days, man, I mean, you, it's cool to be a nerd back in my day. I had to, we played D D in the art room at lunch and tried to avoid the, the football players. Cause we'd get, you know, uh, get our heads tossed in a toilet or whatever. So, you know, now all the girls are into it and, Oh yeah. It's, yeah it's like, where, where were all the hot
1: girls playing D D when I was young? <laughs> it's
2: like I'm, like, I'm like, you young whippersnappers don't know the day I used to have to walk ten miles just to go to the art room and throw dice and dodge the football players, and the girls wouldn't have a thing to do with me. Yeah. You know, it's like they got it made. Yeah. That's <laughs> so like, uh, that's like crotchety old man coming out of me.
0: That's the whole uh, thing. Well, that's hey, the whole theme of call. our podcast here. Crotchety old men shout at the Sky.
1: I had to, you know, do Thaco uphill both ways. You know. (laughs) Anyway, so I guess I read it somewhere, heard it probably a fallacy. But um, your 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 what is your first true love is, is post apocalyptic? Is that a true statement,
2: David? Yes it's the i'll tell you something it's kind of funny because before dark trails uh came out of the birth canal uh it was i was dead set on doing a post-apocalyptic dcc game um you know and and i mean you already had um uh, america which is a great game you know not taking anything at all from reed but you know when you when you have a you know, I just, I had my own kind of idea what I wanted to do. And then, it, then I learned about this MCC play test thing and this Jim Wampler guy. So, uh, that shot that shit right immediately. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, that's great. Cause I'm glad MCC came out. And, but, uh, once that happened, I just kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of put that idea on the shelf and we were just kind of, we'd run a DCC campaign for probably about a year and, and, I was starting to get the itch to do something else, and we did try some uh, uh, Savage World, which is, you know, fine and a great game. But you just – you know, anybody that's played DCC that loves DCC, I think that when you go to another game, it's just kind of – there's – yeah, it calls back to you. I mean, there's something about that game and that system that you just – you miss the lunacy of it and you miss the elements that, I guess, that – that make it dcc so we we kind of played uh savage world for probably about a month deadlands and i was basically running the uh, the dark trails ideas and games um uh, you know the adventures were kind of coming together and i just i think we all miss the class element of dcc mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. i've always been a strong proponent of a game is made by the classes that are available so I used to love rifts. I didn't really like the system, but I loved the idea and the classes that, that uh, Platinum games had in the rifts game. But so we took a we took a while off and then I, I just I don't know, spent a couple of weeks coming up with a lot of well, I guess all the classes that are still around in Dark Trails and everybody seemed to dig it. So it just kind of went from there.
0: Well, you walked right into my next question. What is your personal favorite Dark Trails class?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Um the few times I've been able to play there's different things. I think the uh the one that the, the, the two that seem to draw more attention at the table are the luchador. Everybody loves the luchador. Uh-huh. Um and the calavera. People like the calavera a lot. I tend to go for the Tommy Knocker just because I just, you know, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. So that's, that's kind of a, I mean, you know, you, you die and you don't get to go to the afterlife. So you got to come back and reanimate that infested, you know, maggot corpse to walk around. And uh, that's just, I, I don't know. I like the, the quality, not the qualities. I like the, the, the tropes or the, the, the opportunities to role play that kind of guy, you know, that's just, yeah. you're going to catch a lot of hell from the other players and you stopping in town to try and find some mint, some essential oil. So you don't smell so bad. And <laughs> He's got to stitch, stitch himself up. You know, if he gets his arm whacked off, it, the revelator can't heal him. He's got to basically either get somebody to help him or he's got to sit there and stitch his arm back together. So yeah, I was going to say, uh, I dig that a me lot. Me
0: And Matt probably right now would both love to be the revelator just for the RP.
1: What do you think on that, Matt? <laughs> Well, in yeah, fact, the, 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 first game, the first game I played with Beatty, I played a Revelator, and I had a lot of fun with it.
2: I think, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass, but I think that, you you know, there's a class in there for everybody. Some people hate steampunk, and I'm not a big steampunk fan, but, you know, the Bedlamite, I, I like to think he's a, a kind of a, a cooler version of the steampunk kind of thing because he's half crazy and – um but I do, uh, I do think that the class is pretty – we're actually trying to figure out that 12th class because with the Kickstarter, you know, there was a bonus class. We figured we'd go ahead and make it 12, and we're starting to kind of narrow it down. So I'm hoping that the, the 12th class will maybe be announced pretty soon. I've got, I mean, We may even do a, uh, a poll of some sort to see what people think. But we've got a couple ideas I think are pretty cool on that.
1: Can, can we get a little mm-hmm, something, or is it under wraps completely? <laughs> Nobody
2: will hear but us. <laughs> no, um, there's a there's a few uh, that we're kicking around. One idea, and I'm not so sure about this, is uh, an automaton that mm-hmm. is kind of like you know the lich when the they the kind of their souls are kept in those phylacteries. I think if I'm saying mm-hmm. that right, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking like a a bedlamite who. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a bedlamite, but just say a spirit that kind of, or a bedlamite who dies. Actually, his his spirit goes into the automaton and kind of animates it. He loses the the ability to be a bedlamite, but now he's this big clunky dude, you know, iron golem type uh, fellow. Could be like runs off a whiskey or coal or something, and um, so there's that. And uh, we're also thinking about like kind of like a hedge wizard. Some of the, you know, some of the history of the South. The the uh, the magic and the, the the things that they did we we're thinking about basing not necessarily a full-fledged spell caster but just uh-huh. someone who can do like little minor magics you know um mm-hmm. and then uh the, there's also some discussion of like a voodoo type yeah. uh, character who mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. the, the, i don't want to introduce a whole new selection of spells because right now i hate spells guys i'm gonna tell you dcc spells yeah. are fun mm-hmm. but when you're writing them there's like 200 uh, going into the dark trails book and i'm yeah and i'm 50 in and, and this is going to be the biggest chunk of the book so once it's done i think it's going to be all downhill but anyway i didn't want to have to to worry about creating a whole new section of spells so the idea is the uh, uh the voodoo guy uh actually can channel and summon spirits that actually depending on like Baron samiti might give him some kind of special ability that he could use so he'd have uh, access to a, like a pantheon of spirits you know the oh, wow. um, the Lao if I'm saying it right I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right which is basically the pantheon of uh, voodoo spirits gods whatnot so what do they
1: call called yeah. it Hogan's or something what is it if I mispronouncing yeah Hogan's. yeah yeah
2: there you go yep Hogan's are, and, and there and again I'm, I'm sure I'm masquering the words I'm saying but me too um, so we've got Some decent ideas, I think. Um, We had originally had an idea for a naysayer, and the naysayer, it's a cool idea in that the guy just absolutely does not believe in the supernatural. So just in that fact, he kind of creates like chaos around creatures and spells, you know, that's weird effects. But I don't know if that actually would hold up very well compared to the other classes because anybody that's played Dark Trails you know, they, they realize there's a whole bevy of abilities and powers that each class has. So. Um, yeah, so now, we'll figure now, it out.
1: Now, let me, I'm I'm probably stepping right into a whole big old nets of rattlesnakes here. But so a, a big part <laughs> of the West, I would think, you know, was Native Americans. There's But there's no, is that sort of a, uh, a unacceptable area to step into? I mean, under the current... I don't know. I'm going to stop now I'm behind. <laughs> You're going to stop now and throw it we'll on see, me, right?
2: I already Check read an no, where no, you
1: answered it, wasn't. David.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, the, I'm going to be honest with you. When I when the, when the we first, or when I first, I keep saying we, but there's only one day. Um, when the Kickstarter was getting ready to launch, I had every intent of, I was going to try and do like a mystic dog soldier because I did a lot of uh, reading and watching a lot of documentaries. And there's just so many elements of Native American history that you could pull from <laughs> to make. Um, but, you know, there, this is, you know, what you're trying to say is this is a very uh, a strange time that we find ourselves in where, you know, people uh, can get offended very easily. And, you know, you definitely want to do that. You want everybody to have a good time. So, right. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the Native American element's, I've had people, I've had some very prominent people in and, and the RPG industry tell me to leave them out of the book entirely. And, you know, I, I'm not doing that. I mean, I, that's just, you can't have the West and not have Native Americans in the Old West. Yeah, I you know?
1: mean, I would think anything like that it's all about intent. And if it's not in a matter that's respectful of them and their heritage or something, but like yeah. you said, even given that there's going to be somebody who's going to find a reason or way to be offended, you know?
2: So. Yeah and and you know so you've got a you and, and i'm gonna tell you guys it's that's probably the been the biggest i'm a, i don't want to say problem or but it's just the the one thing that i've tried really hard to come up with a good way to handle and i've tried i have reached out to uh native american authors in the rpg field uh, probably three or four you know there's not a lot when you when you go looking i mean it's yeah. i'm sure there are a lot more out there but just in my searches i've i think i found maybe four and they they were just all too busy they got their own things going on so that leaves me back to square one and you know i i don't i don't know what's going to end up I, I hope that everybody's okay with what is done i just plan on not you definitely don't want to throw all the tribal nations into the melting pot and you know, I don't think that's the way to handle it. So what I'm probably going to do is uh, touch on it lightly and, you know, maybe do some suggestions. But, you know, if you guys want to run a campaign based around or, or that involve Native Americans, I just I think that it's something that you should just do a little homework on and, and try your best to be respectful. And, right. you know, there, there are a few folks that, you know, have Native American ancestry in the community that I've reached out to. And so, I mean, nothing will be put out that hasn't been uh, put under some eyes just to make sure that, you know, it, it, it does, you know, I guess it's not going to piss off anybody. I definitely don't want to do that. But I'm, I'm also not going to be that guy that just, you know, well, I'm just going to pull everything out. But if, if I do that, then I'm going to have to take every beast and creature. Right. That has any kind of folklore relating to Native American history, and then I might as well go ahead and take the Calavera and the Lucidor out. You know, I mean, it's a it's a slippery slope, and so I'm just going to try and do my best, and and hopefully, folks that know me, you know, will understand that and, uh, and appreciate what's in there.
0: Well, actually, David, sure. I was reading an interview that you did a little while back, and what you'd said on that one because they hit you with that one was that it was kind of like you didn't really need a race as a class,
2: okay. which I agree with.
0: You can be any of yeah. these twelve classes. Yeah, I do, but you know, but whatever background you want, and as a player, that's your choice. You do you.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you could you, you could take a Native American could be a Tommy Knocker. As a matter of fact, the uh, the artwork for the Tommy Knocker is a Native American, but um, you could do that certainly. But you know, in a way, there are a lot of really good. Um, there's, there's a lot of material that you could use on your own if you wanted to. I mean, you could do a shaman, you could do the dog soldier, uh, you could do a skinwalker. Um, you could do a lot of things that borrow from, you know, the folklore of that. But, you know, as as far as in the book, I think it's best just to leave it to where it doesn't matter if you're an Irish immigrant or a Navajo or, you know, if you want to be a Bedlamite, then, you know, that should just, I think think that should be okay.
1: When you've got enough irons in the fire anyway. So, I mean, that's one less thing to have to wrestle with right now. And maybe you could coordinate with one of these uh, people that are in gaming in the future for some supplement, you know?
2: So, yeah. Well, one of the things I don't know if people understand or not. I don't know, you know, there are a huge portion, I think, of backers uh, for Dark Trails that probably weren't in the DCC community when it launched. So they probably don't understand this, but you know, I'll say this to anybody. If you've got something you want to put out with dark trails, you know, do it. You know, I am I'm, I'm all for having the world grow and it's not like I I'm want to cut out anything. I just wanna see people use the game and do their own thing. And I'm sure, you know, that's that's what Joseph Goodman has done with D C C. You know, he he welcomes mm-hmm. any and everybody to basically create under his umbrella and and it's a i think it's an awesome i I mean i I guess you've got that going on now with D &D and even savage worlds now but you know joseph was doing this what i don't know six Mm -hmm. years ago or right how long's has been out now i guess seven years maybe
1: i I thought it was 2010 they were made when they first started working on it the beta and whatnot so
2: yeah i came into it a little late but you know that's to me that's such an amazing thing because it just it it, it just gives you that that platform to create your own thing and share it with other people, whether it's a fanzine or or your own module. And there's some great stuff out there. So,
1: oh, no, that, That's uh, what yeah. I told people. There's just the one core book. But then if people go, well, I want more material, I go, man, there are so many people that love this game that have produced so much really great quality free content that's out there on the internet. It's out there and you can find it. And so... And, and no one's ever tried to inhibit that like you say i, I think you were saying is and it's great that just how how much the, the fans love the game and love producing all this someone has a cool idea and boom you, if you probably think of something someone's already done it and it's out there you know for dcc
2: so. yeah it's uh, it's definitely getting that way now there's so many people creating stuff but i think with uh, the d and dungeons and dragons I'm, do you know what that's called the their online thing is it
0: oh the, the dm guild
2: used to be the yeah yeah i think they take don't they take a percentage or something of whatever you put up there for sale so you know and there's nothing wrong with that but you know goodman he doesn't really ask for anything and that i Mm -hmm. feel the same way i think it's just flattering for anybody to to you know i mean whether you're picking up the gong farmers almanac or uh you know john Watson's running his hell train i mean people that are Coming up with their own adventures, Eric Young's got something you know, that he wrote up that uh, eventually I'm sure we'll see some light of day. There's just so many guys that have already wrote things for Dark Trails, and it's such a flattering feeling to to have somebody take your idea and and slab their their icing on the cake. I just think that's awesome.
0: Yeah. All right, while we're in, yeah, There's while we're in uh, DCC, I was going to ask about Carnival of the Damned or. Probably when I run it, it'd be Carnival of the Damn Good Looking. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that module hurts. is just jam-packed mm-hmm. with so many ideas. You really put everything into that. So I was going to ask you a little bit about that, about how it was to just write something with that much stuff packed into it and see if there was any Ravenloft influence on you and if you had been a Ravenloft fan.
2: Uh, you know, it's funny because when I finished that adventure, I think it was like, I think that book is like a hundred and
0: yeah, it's like some odd pages, you know, most
2: adventures are 20 or 30 pages. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. I'm never going <laughs> to write this book. And my very next project is a damn 600 plus page book. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. Um, no carnival, you know, the funny thing is, is, uh, anybody that loves DCC, you want to share it with other people. So at the time, I think they had the D&D encounters. And so I played in uh, Harley Strode. I think he ran the first DCC uh, tournament at Gen Con. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think that. And I was like, man, this would be the awesome an awesome way to introduce people to the game because you sit down and grab a character sheet. You play for 10, 15 minutes or more. And, you know, if you get killed, you don't have to stay. You can get up and walk out. So uh, we were going to Dragon Con. I want to think it was 2015, and I can remember being in the back seat while uh, my girlfriend was driving and just typing up uh, encounters. I just thought that the carnival would make the perfect platform for that Mm -hmm. because you go from tent to tent and you could just have different encounters. So, you know, it went from there to some other cons, and people really liked it. So, um, Jen Brinkman actually suggested I pitch it to John Marr, uh, who does Purple Sorcerer, and John dug it and he said, You know, I would suggest you put a story to it. And that's kind of how everything developed. And so it just went from there. And man, it's just uh, yeah, every time I say, Hey, let's do this, John would be like, Okay. So we, I mean, it's just so packed with so many things. But yeah, Ravenloft is uh, probably my second favorite uh, campaign. Yeah. I've always loved Planescape, but I do love. Uh, Ravenloft. So, the mists in the uh in the carnival, of the dam were definitely. I can remember playing in Ravenloft and the mists just frustrating the shit out of me. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you, how do you corral players and keep players from doing something? Well, you put a pink mist in there that won't let you do what you want to do when you're not supposed to do it. Yeah, and, and I've definitely so see the uh,
0: Dark Jester being a dark lord, and I could see that traveling around all the different lands.
2: yeah you know it's funny because you bringing that up lately i've been i mean I, I, one of the things i've never got rid of was my planescape stuff and that's it man that stuff is the planescape stuff on ebay is it goes for bank but i've also been wanting to pick up uh some things i've sold over the years and that's uh, one of them i've been eyeballing is the Ravenloft box set because you know i kind of in a way i've been kind of wanting to either a kind of tweak that and convert it like uh you you guys know Chris I think it's oh, yeah. Lasauri I think's his last name Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he uh, he always yeah he runs the, you know the against yeah. the Giants and DCC and I was like man that'd be kind of cool to do like a Planescape or a Ravenloft setting mm-hmm. uh, a, with a DCC rule set but so yeah I've been kind of eyeballing that stuff yeah, on eBay I'm it's time Ravenloft it up.
0: fan as everybody already knows but that one it just it got me right in the feels right there yeah, I, I was I, like, I yeah know. this is my jam.
1: He, he is a freak for Ravenloft.
2: Well, I guess next time I see you, you're going to have to run us through a Ravenloft <laughs> game then.
1: Well, oh, I've done yeah. a Temple of
0: Elemental Evil many times where the mists come in into the moat house. So I kind of blend that together.
2: So, oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Hell, he used yeah,
1: Village awesome. of <laughs> He had the mist roll in. As soon as he said the strange mist, i like, God, Damn whenever you, you it. play with <laughs> me, you're playing Ravenloft. You just might not know it yet. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, you just don't know. Glowing uh, eyes, kind of you guys. Now you're like, it's damn miss. Where are they going to come in? <laughs> I know it's somewhere, yeah. it's in these chests I as know, soon as you open man. up the
2: treasure. Yeah, yeah. did so, like, you uh have you done any 5e stuff, Eddie? Or I was going to ask you how you felt about the Raven? Oh, yeah, I, I run that house
0: all the time, and I've actually, I don't know if you're familiar with that one at all. That has Mm-mm, no. It. And I've actually built the dollhouse.
2: Oh, yeah. sweet. So I'm, you like prop
0: the I'm the first one to be like, yeah, you don't need toy. You don't have to bring toys in here. <laughs> but people love that. And that does. That's such an <laughs> obvious prop because there's a dollhouse in the adventure and you can. The dollhouse is the exact same as the actual house that they're adventuring in. So you can use that uh, to move uh, the uh, figures uh, around in, and I've got all these skull pillars now that Matt's going to paint up. You yeah, guys, pay me yeah, pictures. I think it's going to look really good.
2: Yeah, I want to see some pictures. Oh,
1: and
0: one more on uh, let's see what we're talking about. Car- uh, the carnival here is. I wanted to say that I appreciate you adding in so much of the yeah. backstory about why did this? Why does he become as evil as he is? What happened to him? That stuff that only the GM really gets to read, I appreciate when you put that stuff in.
2: Yeah, that now that's another, I guess you'd say Ravenloft element because a lot of the uh, the domain lords are, you know, kind of tragic. Their their backstories are tragic, and I and that's uh, I don't know where that kind of came from, but yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like the first few times I ran that, I've I've actually pulled some tears out of people at the table on that. So. It's nothing like making somebody cry at the table. After he's killed your character. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one other time I made a little girl cry at the table. And, you know, I think it's one of these times where people would applaud me. But it was in a Michael Curtis. uh, uh, It was a play. It might have been a play test for Metamorphosis Alpha. I can't remember. But this this kid was the 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 brattiest kid I've ever uh, dealt with the table she just did everything opposite of what the the group wanted to do you know running around screaming as a character i mean it was just one of those things when you're like God, how, how much time are we going to be doing this but uh so we were in this big fight and her character had gotten into an elevator i believe and was going up well i didn't even think anything about it i was uh, in the middle of the fight and i used a power a mutation called death field generation which sucks you know, hit points from everybody in the area. It was one of those last ditch kind of efforts. And I didn't even think about it. So I used the power and and I think the encounter was over. And then the elevator came back down and the little girl's character was dead because of death field generation. And I've still got a picture of this kid. She would not talk to anybody. She was so pissed. <laughs> Michael Curtis. Curtis even tried to give her another character. She wouldn't play another character. So she that's never one of my again. crowning <laughs> moments of Con's is making a little girl cry. Uh, probably not. She's probably like mainline in, mainline in Coke <laughs> or heroin somewhere now. It's obviously to me.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, like, for so Eddie has to ask about Ravenloft. He loves Ravenloft. Well, like why I mentioned uh, post-apocalypse earlier, I love anything, you know, post-apocalyptic. And so I, I saw, as I mentioned in the intro that you contributed to MCC and the American survival guide. Um, um, can I ask what, what portion did you contribute? I'm just curious.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I think with, it's been so long ago with the America, I did the buddy O burger oh, wow. uh, patron right up. Oh, cool. Um, I think, yeah, I handled that. And then same thing with MCC. I did, uh, two of the patrons, uh, Urkur, I think is his name, and uh, Haley, which was uh, kind of a homage to one of the sketch kids. Hmm. So, yep, I I don't know. They just trust me to do patrons for some reason. That's all I've done.
1: Well, I mean, you you did a great job because that's one of the real standout patrons. Buddy O'Berger gets a really interesting reaction from players. And and Haley's really, you know, yeah, but both those patrons from. uh, So, hey, bravo, man, you know
2: yeah no you know that's one of the things up the weird thing is i've got this i call it the room of doom uh when i moved into this apartment uh rather than get a storage building i put all of my rpg stuff in the second bedroom so and the other day this is how sad it, i mean it dude if i took a picture of it you guys would be both in wonderment and you would probably accuse me of being a hoarder i actually <laughs> fell i fell the other day and and here's something i'll I'll share oh, yes. with you. I was naked. Picture I was it, walking it. around trying to find a book naked Thanks and for turned around. One, and it was one of those things where you were tumbling and you know you're tumbling and you can't do a damn thing about it. So you just go with it. And man, I'm going to tell you the cult, uh, the people downstairs under I me mean, probably thought a herd of gorillas had just dropped out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of, I was, I was like, man, I've got like six copies of MCC. I don't, I think they're. They're like mutating, or they're they're mm-hmm. um, maybe they're reproducing when I'm leaving them in the dark. But I'm definitely mm-hmm. wanting to try and, and get into uh, some MCC because uh, I do have some ideas. I ran a uh, an adventure several years ago that I came up with called Death by Disco, and it was a blast, mm-hmm. and it was an MCC adventure. So mm-hmm. I, I once Dark Trails is Dawn. I'd like to do something for MCC.
1: Awesome. Well, that's I ran a, a post apoc campaign for a while using your DCC as the core engine, but I was culling stuff from all over the place. And talking about the Tommy Knocker, I liked it so much that class I I I put it in my post apocalyptic campaign. But I explained it as <laughs> kind of a weird, uh, like pseudo magical disease or whatever. But otherwise, I use the class intact as is because it's just like you said; it's rife with great role playing opportunities. You know.
2: No, that's awesome, man. You know, it's funny. It's the, I mean, I, obviously, I don't have a lot of time to, to branch out. I have so many different things that I like. I'll dwell on it for like an hour, and I'm, and, and then I'll like slap myself in the face and say, get back to Dark Trails, asshole, because you got to focus on that. But yeah. um, I think it would be really cool to do like a post-apocalyptic, uh, either an adventure that could also do a supplement. But, you know, what would happen if the Elder Gods actually – they win, you know, and and the world is thrown into this like post apocalyptic horrific kind of scene, and you still got the dark trails. Classes, how would they be evolved, you know, like a 500 years into the future, oh, uh, wow. kind of deals. So, so that's mm. kind of cool that you did that because I've thought about that as well as how would things be if you know, in the end of things we do end up you know going under the I guess the enslavement of the older guys. You know, how would things be, and you have these little splinter cells of uh dark trails s characters and so i I think it's kind of cool that you can do that and it's kind of it's it's neat to hear that you did that even if it's just with one class
1: well that's the thing i mean let's face it i think all three of us appreciate dcc in that yeah as that that core engine and all the material that's been produced by the people we've talked about and you you can cull things in and out very easily and they blend in oh yeah you know i mean and yeah so
2: It's an a la carte system, I think. Yeah, it's one of its strengths. Speaking of a la
0: carte, you walked into another one of my questions. While we're uh, talking about your greatest hits here, everybody's got their favorite (laughs) DCC module that they will run everywhere. Mine is Shambling Undead. And I didn't know until I was really looking at it the other day. Worm Tooth Abbey. That's always yeah. been my favorite encounter because you can mix and match on that one and yeah. get it to your time slot. But oh, I will always cool, have Worm tooth Abby. You're always going to hit that, event, that part
1: of the adventure. And he, he gets the yeah. reactions from people from that part of the adventure. He gets the most visceral reaction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> people just don't yeah. like having their teeth yanked out, do
1: they? <laughs> no, they'll cringe
2: they're wiping <laughs> up on the table just here in the description. They're cringing in their chairs. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I can tell you this. The, I mentioned it earlier. The Michael Curtis adventure is called Nest of Snakes. And there's some cringe-worthy moments in that adventure, man. I tell you, he's done some good stuff with it.
0: Awesome. Because yeah, that's the real point of the podcast. As me and Matt have done that one as a competitive mod with two different tables, so we kind of rewrote uh, Wormtooth Abbey. And in that, in the other temple that you go into, you get your eyeball yanked out with an ice cream scoop and a slug dropped in. <laughs> so we we're trying to stay true to it. Oh,
1: that's awesome, man. But that is awesome. That, it, that one's very well received.
0: That's, if you've played DCC with me, you've played Shambling. Oh, yeah. If you play DCC with Matt, Sailors, right?
2: Yeah, that's true. That's no, true. Hole in the sky. Get it straight. That's yeah. a good one. I, I love the premise of changing your birth auger. That's kind of cool.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the whole wheel at the end and
2: everything and the lady in blue. But anyway,
1: that's a whole other deal. Um, so Wait, I'll,
2: I'll say this before we jump to something else. A little tip for anybody who's writing or creating adventures. When you're watching TV and something makes you kind of draw up, uh, like I got a buddy at the fire department. He cannot watch anything Yay. where somebody's eyeballs are being messed with. So like, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the parasite TV shows, you know, where there's a little worm scrolling around their eye. I have a secret little stash on my phone. Like if something kind of makes me kind of cringe a little bit, I will write it down and just try and use those if you can. Cause if it bothers you, I guarantee you three out of six people yeah. at your table are going to be drawn up in a knot when you right, go to mm. pulling on those teeth with pliers.
1: Oh, yeah. that's. I'm like, I have a little note section. I love thinking about smartphones that you can put notes. As soon as if yeah. I think about something, I pop that open. And I make a little note real quick before I forget. Oh, yeah, that's, yep, good that's I what I thing. do. Yeah. Now, and I like you talking about the things that people fear, and there's some things you don't really realize, or if you think about it, you're like, I guess so. Holes people some people are scared of holes
2: oh yeah especially people that are claustrophobic
1: yeah so i had an adventure once where the players walk into a room and i said you see the the walls are just honeycomb with all these little holes just about being if you could fit your thumb in one player just looked at me and said nope and this i, thought, is I this think that was me out of the room and everybody's like i don't have a thing yeah, about yeah the Exactly. So it's just the whole mystery. <laughs> Why are those holes here? What's going to happen? Just, I think um, them, Kirby was like, nope, I'm leaving. You know, both of y'all, Eddie and Kirby were like, You also nope. love monkey traps. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like it's just, these, these people are, are afraid of, you know, it's something uh, in that lizard brain from a thousand years ago or whatever, but you know. <laughs> uh, um, so. Uh, what's t- talking about dark trails again, of course, what's, what's one thing you wish you would known before you started dark trails. If you knew you wish you'd known before you started that, you know, now.
2: Oh, Jesus. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to tell you, man, at the end of the day, once this book is out, if I took the number of hours that I've put into it and divided by, you know, once all the costs and everything you pay for, uh, I'll be mm-hmm. so far in the red because I've put so much heart, and you know hard work into this so i would say if if you've if you're thinking about doing something like this because you know obviously i'm vested now you know there's no backing out now so i'm in i'm in uh, to see it to the finish but um it's a lot of work and i would say if, if you're going to take on a project that's really big i would make sure you have a couple of people helping you and uh know that it's not it's not easy you know there's going to be things that that blow up in your face you're going to have to keep up with other people that you know you're you're depending on to turn in material and art and things like that and it's it's you a you've got to be a juggler and i've never learned how to juggle so it's it's been an experience if i could probably go back i i might have done more of a fanzine kind of like reed did reed did something that was really smart you know he he kind of put the the world out in fanzines, and then once he got to a good point, he uh, he did the Kickstarter and did the compilation of the fanzines, and I think that's a, a definitely a more manageable way to handle, you know, creating something. Uh-huh. Um, at the time, I didn't want to do that. At the time, I was like, I don't want to put out no damn fanzines. I want to put everything out in a damn book, <laughs> and and now I'm thinking I should have done fanzines. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad I did what I have. I mean, I, I don't have any regrets about Dark Trails. And, and the only reason I don't is simply because people seem to really like it when they play it. And that's, at the end of the day, it's not about making, you know, a ton of money because that's just not going to happen. Um, no. It's about putting out something that people not only like, but that they will actually open up and use to, you know, feel with their own imagination and that that's something that i know has happened a lot and the book's not even out yet so you oh, know my well, my main game. Game. but you did them the them the
1: damn, the damn, uh what you but jokingly we call it the, the damn thick start is that you know or whatever the, the yeah. rule, most games hell, yeah, there's so yeah. content there i mean you know people need to well the good, the good
2: the good thing about the thick start is um a lot of that like the rules there's there's very few rules that were left out so um the character chapters a lot of people might not realize this but the the character like each character has a lot more build there are a lot more abilities and powers that they'll have access to but to try and make it easier on judges is something that i noticed um when it's your game it's easy to run it but when you hand uh 12 classes to somebody else and you expect them to wrangle you know players have never played the game and a game that they're still trying to learn. That's one of the few things I saw that was kind of frustrating. I think there was too much for uh, judges to grasp. So what we decided to do with the thick start as it's affectionately titled was to limit um, each character. to just a few powers um, to give judges an easier way to grasp the game. And also for players, you know, when you've got a Calavera, calavera i think in the thick start has a few abilities but in Mm -hmm. the full rules she's got three spell like abilities she can sidestep she can do a lot of stuff so a Mm -hmm. person who's never played this character class before is going to sit here and stare at their character sheet for a minute before they tell you what they want to do because they're trying to so you know i think that that was um uh, probably a good idea but the thing is is uh once we hit the character chapter again to go back over it, the only thing that's really got to be done is just those extra powers added in. So parts of that book, like the rules of uh, the adventure, things like that are ready to be plugged into the master document. So mm-hmm. the, the big thing right now is the 200 spells. Um, if you've played DCC or you've looked at the dark trail spells and the bootleg edition, each one of those averages between eight, 800 and 1500 words so when you multiply that by 200 that's a chunk, you know and just like the dcc book you know everybody freaks out oh this book's three inches thick i don't want to play that it's game awesome. you know they it's don't realize the the spells. yeah so so you know it's it's the same thing and and this is the bulk of the project of the book of oh, the spells and we're we're getting into those right now gilbert um he he's our editor and he's just actually started uh working on the spells. I've already completed the 50 miracles for the revelator. Uh, I'm getting ready to start the Montebank, their formula or recipes. So once this chapter's done and, and, you know, I mean, I'm uh, when I tell you guys, I'm working like 12, 14 hour days, at least a couple of times a week. um, I am. So I'm hoping to get the the spell section done. And from there, I really think it's, it's going to be downhill as far as the other chapters, because um, the bestiary is done. Uh, It follows a lot of the same – I kind of patterned it after the DCC book, so the chapters in the DCC book, you'll see the same number of chapters and you know, kind of the equivalent of what you'd find in those chapters in the Dark Trails book. So Mm -hmm. the bestiary done, there's a chapter um, in the DCC book on magic items. That's done. Uh, We're working on the spells now. The rules is pretty much done. The the classes are pretty much done. So like I said, it's just this one – Thick bastard of a chapter is two hundred spells. You know, I don't know. I don't think I ever want to write another spell once this is done. To be honest (laughs) with you, I have have nightmares about this chapter.
1: Yeah. So so let me ask a a follow-up. Say you had an unlimited budget for Dark Trail. Say some mysterious benefactor. We'll call him Money Bags Hurdle.
2: What would you do? What would you do with that money? Um. I think that anything that I would change with dark trails, the the actual core book, I might uh, make it color, you know, full color. It's just so expensive to do that. And the art would be more expensive, but if I could expand it, I would probably do something. Have you guys ever heard of Gloomhaven? I'm looking at it right now. Oh yeah. I I think that something like that would would be really cool to do with dark trails because those classes are kind of, I think they would work well in that kind of a situation. So if I could do, uh, you know, like a board game, I think that would be kind of cool. And, and just mm-hmm. basically expand, you know, maybe a little bit like the DCC book. I don't, I don't want to do splat books for dark trails. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I'd really would rather people take it and say, Hey, I want to do a book on the dreamlands or, you know, I want to do a book on a certain tribe and add some mysticism and maybe some extra class. I mean, I think that would be really cool, but, yeah, I wouldn't change a whole lot, to be honest with you, if that makes sense. I, I would like to try and expand the world to, you know, other oh, things like maybe yeah. comics or things like that, because I think that the characters have enough depth to where, you know, that it would make for yeah, some no, interesting reading.
0: Comic. That would be kick <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Well, this is my hopes. My hopes are that when the game releases that it will – you know, hold its own and, and maybe catch the eye of some folks. I've got some friends that are, you know, in various industries. So um, I'm going to pitch it to, you know, other folks and see what happens. I'd also very much like to do a, a 5e edition of Dark Trails. I think it'll be kind of cool because there's, I don't think there's currently a 5e Weird so. West game out right now. I could be wrong, but um, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be very cool. I, just- I hear you. I I want to spread my seed. (laughs) 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 Well, since I guess we're, go ahead. And, you know, there to again, I was just going to say, and it's just, you know, I just, I love nothing. Nothing is, is more cool than having somebody come up and say, man, I really dig this class. I really dig this game. So, you know, the 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 more of that that i can get out there the better if if, you know if we could do like a 5e version of dark trails in a year or two and people really dug it i mean i just think it's kind of cool to bring people into the fold if that makes sense
1: and you might see some crossover like people try that and then go oh i hear there's the original version of it yeah you should check that out you know know?
2: yeah yeah it's true well you know some people don't like dcc they think it's too over the top and it's too deadly you know in this day and age it's, it's not uh politically correct to kill a character you know you got a little always have well, that exit or dcc's that not that only
0: way fifth edition <laughs> mm-hmm. and not just fifth edition it had to be adventurers league fifth edition so i was like man you're really painting yourself into that narrow box of role playing <laughs>
2: Um, oh well, yeah. I I think that if you took ten people that were diehard Five E players and you put them in one of the better DCC adventures, I think at least half of them would probably be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this DCC game out." It was pretty cool because you yeah. guys know. I mean, if you play DCC at a con, we have a blast. It's just a fun game. Oh yeah. Well, and you notice our
1: last con when you were there, we had a lot of DCC and its derivatives. We had. A lot, and that's not something that we're twisting people's arms. That's what they wanted to run. That's what they wanted to play. Yeah. You know,
2: I don't so. think it's a matter of of trying to convince them. I think it's just a matter of getting them to sit at the table for fifteen minutes, and then it's like, it yeah, sick. this is what I want. Because you know, when I first played DCC, I hated it. Really? Yeah. No, I was I was like, what the hell is this funnel shit? <laughs> uh, we had we had just gotten out of a, a Pathfinder. A year long campaign, and I had this badass half orc uh, thief, uh, Bill Dud Gallows. I still remember his name. And uh, our our game master was like, I'm getting tired and burnt out. So he brings out this damn DCC book. And, you know, I'm playing a, a, a farmer and a gong farmer and a turnip farmer. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I just went from playing an eighth level. Uh, thief to uh, somebody with three hit points. So we were all kind of stunned, you know once the, the funnel was over and we were looking at our surviving characters whose stats were just shit, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? And you know just I don't know why. It just it, I guess I had gotten into that mode of you know Pathfinder and the crunch and and for some reason like months later, I don't know why I picked the book up and started reading it and I was like, this is the best thing ever. I'm sorry, Joseph Goodman. I'm sorry I hated your game.
0: Okay, well, kind of talking about the multimedia Mm -hmm. experience of Dark Trails. uh, I don't know if you're a fan of the old Twilight Zone shows. Have you seen the episode? You may not remember it by name, but Still Valley. (laughs) So it's the end of the. Uh, Give me a little story on it. And a witchy man shows up and says. The Confederacy can win, but you have to make a deal with the devil. Oh, you've got to see that. I was just going through one no, episode, and I was like, this could be a Dark Trails prequel, yeah. or this could be an adventure, or something like that, because it just slides in around that time period. I know it's after, but it's definitely one of
2: those things. No, you... Track Still track down Valley. the episode name because I'll definitely look it up Still and watch Valley. it. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, really, really good. Still Valley <laughs> uh, movie, TV shows cool. with the uh, Wild West feel, the Dark Trails. Some recommending something, so check that out for sure. Yeah, uh, Steel Valley. What is it again? I'm sorry, you broke up.
2: But yeah. Okay. Cool, I'll do that. I've, been, I've actually been watching. some When I get bored, sometimes I'll watch. Uh, I pick up oh, the yeah. box sets for the Wild Wild West, uh-huh. and a lot of a lot of those. Like almost every episode, I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. And you know, there's a lot of things you can pluck out of that to make uh, weird West adventures from. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Yeah, I think this is the first podcast oh, I've ever done. We do all ours, I've ours ever, naked. Ever done naked? <clears throat> Duh. Well, Eddie texted me and he's like, You don't have to put your pants it's on, but what Eddie didn't know is I didn't have my pants on.
0: Commando <laughs> <a> podcast. <laughs> no, no.
2: That's, uh, right. that's the, um, That sounds awesome. That's the this podcast, season podcast season. brought to you by Eddie <laughs> and Matt. Right
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, don't mention me this end. Go ahead, Matt. All right, well, so, um, yeah, well, I'll let you go with uh, uh, the – I think you've already said it, but, but you, you go ahead and kind of reiterate about the long okay. con. Uh,
0: since we're pressuring you into do th- doing things you don't want to, like this podcast, you are more – to the long con, same deal, anytime you want to.
2: The long con. Anytime. anytime. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a – you guys uh you did a, a great job. I mean, I've I've obviously I've been to a lot of different cons, larger and the smaller ones and the in-betweens. And uh, you know, I was very I know Brendan LaSalle was as well. We were both very impressed with, with what you guys did and, and humbled by the fact that you took such good care of us. So shoot those dates to me and if I can make it happen, I'll definitely uh, come back because I had a blast gaming yeah, with you guys.
1: Yeah. We we were glad to have you, man.
2: So I got, I'll, just, I I'll, talk. I'll chalk that up to you not knowing any better
1: nah so it, so,
2: <laughs> so talking about long con
1: and whatnot and just probably asking really one of the more important questions of the podcast what's your go-to drink these days
2: uh i'll tell you what uh, most of the time it's uh it's just bourbon and coke uh but it's funny you say that because a couple of weeks ago, I spent about a hundred bucks on just stuff to make different drinks with mm-hmm. and everything from a, a, a vanilla old fashioned to a blackberry a bourbon kind of mix. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. Every one of them tastes like shit. So <laughs> so I spent a hundred dollars on stuff and learned a valuable lesson. Uh, did you guys ever watch a show called justified? Oh Yeah. Well, if you're on Instagram, uh, the guy who played Boyd Crowder, uh, he was also in Hateful Eight. I love this guy. He's an awesome actor. But he's on Instagram, and since the COVID thing has been going on, he he makes a drink every Wednesday. He owns – I guess he's a partner in Mulholland Distillery in uh, Los Angeles.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But, dude, it's just so much fun watching him mix drinks, and you can tell he's so passionate about it. But one thing I've learned is – I can't mix drinks for shit. So I just stick to bourbon and Coke. Keep it simple. Yep. That's me.
0: All right.
2: All right. It's only been over
0: an hour. So we would like to thank you, David, for joining us today and putting up with our chicanery.
2: Anytime. All right.
0: Well, like a zero level character, we've got no class.
1: And now we got no hit podcast land. <laughs> Later, folks. Thanks, David.